Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous. Together we are finding the joy in the journey of life. This is Well Played 75th episode and a special one at that. Today I have Carrie Bacham once again and we are doing a follow-up on our last episode. Uh, this is part two of our New Year New Mechanics sort of, I don't know, two-part series. Uh, and if you want to check that one out, that was episode 73. And uh, welcome, Carrie. And just in case this is somebody's first time, can you give us a quick, brief introduction to yourself? Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Carrie Bauckham. I'm a 6th, 7th, 8th grade special education teacher from the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And, and I'm always happy to be here. Yeah, I mean, love having you on there, Carrie. Uh, Carrie, you and I could totally geek out about this stuff, like ad nauseum so more than two episodes more more than two episodes and for those of you that have been well played uh binge listeners you know carrie's on here quite a bit uh always love having you here uh so let's dive right in we have uh i mean this show's only 30 minutes and you and i can talk forever about this so trying to share as many bits of wisdom and and little changes and tweaks uh this year as every year you and i you know reflect and think about what didn't work and tweaks and and sometimes it's not even about not working sometimes like our mechanics are working fine but we're still pushed to sort of make that best combination we're you know striving for that best combination and and knowing our kids that year i mean there's all sorts of reasons we might want to tweak mm -hmm. sometimes we just want to change things up you know yeah. even though it's working um well, so life never stops inspiring us right that's right i mean like no matter how solid our games are life just throw stuff at you and you feel inspired by it. So it's hard not to change sometimes. That's right. You just keep like, you just sort of keep playing with it. Um, I also think too, something that we need to think about and maybe tell people, especially you gamifiers that do year long games. And if you're entering into your second year of it, or maybe even your third year of it, which I'm kind of excited to say there are more and more people out there that that's a real statement. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I was going to say is some of you may want to also give thought to sort of just pruning your game. You know, like over time, I remember my second, third, maybe even fourth year, I had just kept adding new mechanics, but never really took the time to say like, let's, this one, while good and it still works, it doesn't add enough value for that like extra rule, that extra idea, that extra thing. So, you know, also think about just pruning your game a little bit. I think that that's a, a good bit of advice uh but today's actually all about what are we adding to our games so, <laughs> so take that bit of advice and i'm going to be done talking about that advice so uh yeah do you have something that you want to share with the world i'm sure you'll vlog about it at some point if you have not already i'm sure i will I do not. the same i have not yet actually this will be the first time i've talked about this like <gasps> on the airwaves dang <laughs> No, so for many years, um, I have had a Monopoly board that's been the center visual of my game. And my students move pieces around it, just like you would on a Monopoly board. And at the beginning of the year, we play once a week. And then once they really become efficient game players, we usually can get up to like four, four sometimes five times a week, moving around the board. And students play the board, just like they would Monopoly, buying properties, and then if other players land on their property, they get to pay each other XP, which my students absolutely love. And as the game developed and my game skills and knowledge developed, last year I added things like anomalies and a black hole 
And those became super fun things that I was able to add dice into. So students would roll dice to see what was going to happen to them on those spots. And so as last year ended, I totally love the Monopoly board. It works for my students. It works for my classroom. Um, it's allowed me to add a lot of wonderful mechanics that have um, been added to naturally. But I really wanted to up my game. And I remember, well, it's still big now, Fortnite was huge at the end of the last school year. And I would just sit and listen to my students talk more and more about it and ask them what they liked about it. And there's this, you know, in video games and even especially Fortnite and other games, there's this map idea, you know, that the students can travel from place to place and things. And I thought to myself, how can I take this really standard visual that's Monopoly and transfer it, transform it into something really visual that's a map? And so I took all the elements and components of Monopoly and went to a bigger bulletin board in my classroom. And now Monopoly has become a galaxy. Yeah. So... The little spots on the board aren't spots anymore, they're planets. And then each planet around it has properties as well. Um, and students will still move from spot to spot. I'll put Velcro on the bulletin board. But some of the Velcro spots, students won't know what they're landing on until they land on it. So now there's gonna be an invisible map that only myself and my teaching assistants know. So they won't know they're gonna land on an anomaly until they land there and something Come on, happens. you can show me the map. <laughs> This is this is radio. No one will see it. No one will see it. So it's just I've, I I'm really really excited to take something that's very standard, you know, that has a lot of good elements and transform it into something really visual and really um, I think a lot more engaging and a lot more like the galaxy, right? It takes this really meta thing and and makes it really just it gives them a place to be in in the game. So I I'm love it. That. The other thing I really like too is you you know. Literally, like you jumped from the board, you know, to to sort of this more free-form monopoly. But at the same time, there's enough familiarity with traditional board game kind of around the edge mm -hmm. mentality. The properties, like, right? So, like, it has enough that the kids are used to, but at the same time intriguing because it's not quite the same. Like, ooh, that's just a nice balance of... You know, what is Mrs. Bacham up to? Mystique. I uh -huh. dig it. Uh, <laughs> that's really awesome. No, and that's a really good observation because that was something that was really important to my students. The exchange of XP and being able to own things and then build colonies on things and charge people even more XP. They just, they just ate that up, you know. But I also wanted to give myself more freedom to have more fun with game mechanics that I knew would push my students um, imaginations as well as their um, their thinking about the game. So if you're listening right now, what I want you to sort of think about what Carrie just said, even if, even if you don't understand it, because uh, I think this is the thing that many new gamifiers miss. They think that someone like Carrie and I understand all the words that just came out of Carrie's mouth. We We don't. Like when Carrie said students want colonies and they want to like, build these things and they want to have like shuttles that go between the two like Carrie didn't probably at any point know anything about that except that sounds really cool like mm -hmm. I want to figure out a mechanic to allow them to have colonies to allow them to have space shuttles that bounce between and like resources they could collect on one planet or the other right but none of that was like created at the moment you just have to kind of be open and see what you and your students get excited about like just listening to you Carrie I got excited about this idea of like colonies on planets and like, like I want to play the game. Like that's, 
that just allow yourself to 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 let that freedom be there and just realize that mechanics will come and i'm sure carrie will be happy to tell us right now sometimes mechanics mechanics won't come and you don't add it or maybe growth mindset wise we don't add it yet and then like eventually you're like oh, this idea from this tv show or this idea from this board game or video game would work perfectly for creating colonies or whatever and maybe next year you add the colonies right no it's a that's a super point because i remember when I really wanted to bring spaceships into my games. I had started playing board games more and the idea of students being able to use this ship that could take them from place to place, maybe amplify their movement or speed up their movement. It took me like until last year to get it right. It took me three years to figure out how this one element that I really wanted to work was gonna work. And the first time I had them build their spaceships because my daughters had been playing this game and I thought that would be a good idea. Total wipeout, it didn't work. So I brought it again. And then next year, it, last year, it was just kind of quiet until I made this huge up, um, update and I gave my second year's ships. So sometimes those elements, they just, you have to keep iterating them, right? And trying them over and over again until you see what sticks. And you're right, sometimes they just have to be ideas. If I'm sure you have the same thing I do. I have a list of to try things oh, yeah. in my Google Drive. And it just sits there and it waits for the right moment or the right time or just time in itself to, to be put into place so you just never know and sometimes ideas are worth not giving up on too yeah uh, i mean that simple idea of a list i'm sure it's like the oldest thing ever uh but uh i have to say i i'm gonna give credit to dave burgess when i read teach like a pirate he said he carries around a little like notepad and back when he was a teacher you know any idea that like would spring on him no matter where he was walk in the park whatever he wanted to be able to jot down this idea many of them never came to fruition but but the simple act of writing it down one freed his mind up to not worry about it and trying to remember that mm -hmm. but two like he sort of spoke in the book a little bit about having greater confidence like knowing that you have this like bag of like ideas so when you want to sit down whether that's Next month, whether it's next summer, whatever, when you want to sit down to like add stuff, you know that it's there. Like you know, ideas are waiting to come to life. Um, and I always thought that was like a neat idea. So yes, I since then create some lists for for some things like that. I'm I'm still not totally a list check it off kind of person for like cleaning the house and errands, but uh, yeah. for for a list of ideas, uh, I I liked that. I always liked that. Um, for me. Yes. Super jazzed. I want to share and like I will definitely be vlogging about this this week or next week. Uh, this year I, I've added avatars to my game. And my my colleague who does sixth grade science, I've talked to her talked about her on here before, Cami Fultz. She's a fantastic science teacher. She gamifies her whole course too. And she's always had avatars and, and she really uses them more to connect students you know so they print them out they have to like give themselves an agent name a little backstory um and then they she prints them out and then her top 10 she has a leaderboard she uses my leaderboard thing but then her actual top 10 she makes like a little pyramid of their avatars mm -hmm. on a bulletin board so you can see who's in the lead in the classroom cool. you know kids love it uh and so for I don't know, probably the past three years, I'm like, I should do avatars. Like, the kids dig it. She's liking it. There's probably lots of things I could do with it. Uh, but just like we're talking about, I just sort of, that idea was on the list, but never actuated. Mm -hmm. And 
this year I decided, boom, I'm going to do it. And I don't know if any of you or if all of you follow the my vlog, but last year, at the beginning of last year, my new mechanic was going to be this map. And that one I was not ready for. <laughs> <laughs> I made a beautiful looking map, but like I just, the mechanics weren't all there. And so it kind of hung there and I told the kids about it, but then we never really used it. Uh, I still like this idea, but I'm not ready for the map, but I am ready for this. So I have them making these avatars. And at first I was going to kind of just steal her idea, just have these avatars, mm -hmm. use it to kind of bond kids. But then I thought, ooh, better mechanic for me in my game is I made them make it on like a card, which is the same size as my items. And then in their nine pocket item case, they put the card in the center. So now they only have eight pockets because the avatar has to take the center. Uh -huh. uh, I also have like a heart mechanic thing that I used in previous year, but uh, this time I'm not going to go digital. I'm, they're going to be physical. And on the back side of their avatar, well, just it's like a separate sheet of paper, mm -hmm. has their max heart container. So I printed out all these like this person can hold three, this person can hold five, whatever. And they're going to put that behind their avatar. So then we'll always see how many hearts they're able to hold. And then I actually printed and laminated which was big for me. I've never laminated anything in my life. So, uh, no, I was like skipping down the hall and like telling everybody, do you need me to laminate anything? Because I think it's genius. Why hasn't anybody told me that? Laminating things is genius? It's genius. If you don't know anything about it, we can, like that could be episode 76 because it's amazing. Uh, so I, I laminate. You skip down the hallway would be amazing. Maybe a future vlog. So, uh, through those in... Uh, the laminator, cut them up, and there are these little Zelda hearts. So now I have a couple of mechanics at play here. Uh, one, they have this avatar. Now the health's right there, so I can do things like boss battles. They can get dinged for health, that kind of thing, and it's not something that I have to really like go over to a computer and track. And da -da -da. Now it can be just give me a heart, give me a heart, you know, like whatever. Um, but the other thing I absolutely love is I've already made a couple quote-unquote, I'm doing the air quotes here for those of you that aren't watching on the YouTube, uh, buildings. And I just made kind of a cool right. graphic in, well, I use pages, but you could use like even a PowerPoint type thing and print mm -hmm. it out. And nice little graphic. It tells what the building does, but then I have these little slots for their avatars. So now they can take their avatar out and it's this it's another limiting factor in the game because you only have one avatar and there might be these five or six buildings you want to go to. So now it's like, where am I putting, almost like a worker, where am I sending my worker to go do something for this week, for this day, whatever the case may be. And then they're actually going to, it's up on a bulletin board where I hang these buildings. And right now I just kept it simple, which is another bit of advice, right? Like, while I want the whole map idea, like, oh, gosh, do I want the whole map idea? Um, I started with just, I think I only have actually three buildings printed so far. None are hung up yet. So one, this is like a mechanic that will come out. Mm -hmm. But I see a ton of potential of what I could do with these buildings and this avatar system where they go to these buildings. Right now, I'm going to have the buildings be general buildings that anybody could use. Maybe if I dedicate enough time to figure it all out, I could have, I have another bulletin board that I could divide in four for my four houses and maybe let houses build better buildings that only like their house can go to. Cool. But, but 
right now, it's just there's going to be this one board that's going to have four, five, six billions, however many I can figure out this year. And maybe that's all I do for this year. And maybe I don't do the house thing till next year. Like, who knows? But super jazzed about this. And I like I already know kids are going to love it because it's another choice. It's another well, one they're all loving building their avatar. All of them in all of their free time. Like people have made like ten of them, and they've had to choose their favorite looking avatar. Uh, when I do the YouTube, I'll link. I'll put the link to the avatar creator I used, but I'll put that on the YouTube. It's just a lot easier to do. So, mm-hmm. and that's coming in like a week. So, uh, but they loved it. And then these buildings, like I said, I just think it's going to be cool. Like, for example, if you're wondering what do I mean by a building. In my Realm of Nobles game, like one might be the blacksmith. And I have these items that have BP, these battle points. Mm-hmm. So I thought one would be go to the blacksmith and he could add BP to one of your items. So you go there to kind of almost sharpen it, almost like level it up, almost make it a better item. So you take that small sword that's worth 20 battle points. Oh, but you've like spent so many days at the blacksmith. That now that sword might be worth like forty BP, uh, so I thought that was kind of neat, you know. And you start to get even more customization than within your game, and it's really not hard for me to do. I mean, like that's not the hardest thing to manage or maintain. So I'm so really they, pumped. Yeah. Do they lose anything for not being? I mean, if their if their avatar is taken and it's on a building, is there anything it can't do, or it's just it's well, your choice? Well, it's a choice, but like. You're limiting all the other choices, right? Like, if I join soccer and that happens to be at the same time that track and field is, I can't do track and field and soccer, right? Like, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. So, like, while there are these five billions, if you're going to the blacksmith to get, like, more BP, you're not going to the library that does whatever the library does. You're not going to, you know, whatever. But it no. doesn't prevent any other play, like boss battles or anything like that. It's just you're just going to make a choice. Currently, yes. The other thing is there's very limited spots. So this is the other thing that maybe not everybody can even go, at least currently in its current form. And then on one of the buildings, like I'm I'm designing this, like right? Like the thing. I'm just curious. No, no, no. The thing that I'm trying to tell like the people listening is like, this is it. Like you are literally hearing how the design process works. Like you're pulling it out of nowhere, right? So like. As I'm making these buildings, I started making the blacksmith. That was the first one I did. I put four slots on the bottom for my four houses. I named the four slots. So basically, that means one kid per house can go there. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, when I got to my third building, what I did was I didn't name the houses. So there's just four slots. Nice. Right? And then on the left-hand side, I put a few more slots that said, like, locked like positions or whatever and i don't have this item yet but you need to get an item to let you go to any of the locked positions so it's going to free up some spaces but you see like i haven't even made the item yet but just while designing the one mechanic i was like oh you know what would be better is like to also have Mm -hmm. another mechanic that plays with this so like this is what i mean by like people you don't have it all figured out and you just almost have to go explore and create and in the process of creation you'll start to see more points of connection where you're like well i have these item things why don't we lock some spots and give somebody the power up to go to the lock spots Mm -hmm. which 
very few people have the items so that'll be a really big bonus that like you'll almost always have access to these buildings because only a few people will have access to the to that ability right that'll be fun to see and like i don't know i mean like am i gonna ever have the ability to bump somebody from like one of their spots like maybe am i gonna have the ability that two people can go to the same spot like that could be one like like so just this building mechanic here just riffing with you i've come up with like three four items that i can add this year mm-hmm. and i think we both see the potential that it it's far more than three, four items I could add. I mean, like, right. There's a well, ton. I was even wondering are negotiations going to happen between players and what's going to happen on the back end? You know, that's what I was wondering. That could be fun to see too between students. Students or guilds. Like if I ended right. up having five, six different buildings, do we as a guild communicate like, Carrie, you should go to the blacksmith, get that. Right. And oh my gosh, you should go to the library and yep. you should go to the like, whoo. Like, I just think that that's... We're here, John. I was just here. You need this to go. Now you go, too. Yeah. Next week, you know? It could be super fun. No, I think that that'd be pretty cool. So I'm really pumped about some of these changes. Uh, I'm sure I will document some of those along the way, uh, both here on Well Played as well as on the vlog. But I oof, I just can't wait. I mean, literally, I, <laughs> I get super jazzed. Like, Monday is not a bad day for me. It's like the start of the week where I get to implement a bunch of fresh new ideas and mm-hmm. learn more, especially here at the beginning of the year, learn more about my students, which will only inform more decisions for my game. Right. Absolutely. I'm excited for you because I remember the math last year you were really excited about, and it just it just didn't come to life for you, but you didn't give up on it. You just you know changed your thinking about how you wanted to present it and how you wanted it to interact with students. And that's what's really fun to see too. So I think, yeah. So I think you and I had talked about this before, like, so the map didn't work, but I almost see this building thing as what I wanted the map. Like, so while I tell you today, go to the blacksmith to do this, what I kind of wanted was each city to have a power. And it was like, Oh, you'd have to go to like Ravensport to get that. And you'd have to go. Right. Um, and I think that that would come with a whole lot of storytelling. Like I love the idea of the cities and the map and traveling and, but it just didn't work <laughs> for, for right. me yet. Uh, but I see this as a nice in between. If I get enough buildings that work, those buildings later could translate to cities. I have to figure out the movement mechanic and like how that works. Yeah. It gets more complicated because the more students you have, sure. But you have your guilds too, which helps. Yeah. So, uh, all in all, super jazzed about what I'm rolling out this year and and not quite giving up on some of those other mechanics just yet, but uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. Kids are awesome. already digging the game and they are like in. Mm-hmm. I got my first few side quests. Uh, yeah, they're just, they're excited. I had my, my sixth graders... Because I teach, I get my, I have my students for three years, so they go through a three-year journey, three-year-long game, um, and so my sixth graders got their first lightsabers, and they were just like giddy, like I got my lightsaber, oh my gosh, I'm a Jedi, a Padawan. It was just, it was really fun to see this, like you know, this new energy enter the game, um, because they had gotten their first lightsaber, and that meant that they could start the next step. So that's super fun. I so, mean. It is, right? And like when you see the kids just sort of excitement, they're teeming with joy. Uh, we have a new 
member on our team this year. Uh, sixth grade English got a new, brand new teacher, and she, well, not new teacher, new to sixth grade with us, and uh, she's been great, but it's been fun to even see her ex- sort of experience the joy from the students. Like, mm-hmm. she manages a sixth grade study hall, and she's like, man, all the kids were just super jazzed to, like, create their avatars. And so when I went around and I helped them, like, reading, like, what this was going to be used for and how they are going to use it. And, and mind you, like, the creating of the avatar, the way I had them do it on this, like, Google slide, and then they had to print it out and they had to cut it themselves. Like, being a middle school teacher, I'm constantly thinking about, like, the system because mm-hmm. I can't do it all, mm-hmm. or at least I say I should say I choose not to do it all. Because, <laughs> for example, the sixth grade science teacher, she has them all handed in via Google Classroom. She prints all ninety of them. She cuts all ninety of them. That's asinine to me. Like, <laughs> I like if there's something I can make an eleven year old do, I'm going to make the eleven year old do it. Like, so. Uh, but this other teacher, the sixth grade English teacher, was really kind of blown away by like how much, like when the kids are excited about it and the kids want to do it, like they're all doing it. They're going to this website, creating it, downloading the image, taking a screenshot. So I had to teach them how to mm-hmm. do a screenshot, pulling that screenshot into the Google slide, you know, sizing it correctly, doing it, keeping the font right, printing it, printing it using this certain setting so that the size stays the correct. And then like cutting it like they're all doing it. Like, that's insane, you know, when you think sometimes we ask them to do just our homework, which is simple, like, you know, read this and, like, respond to this one question and they get it wrong or they don't right. do it right. Here there's this, like, 10-step process I want them to go through and they're all doing it because, like, because of the drive and the yes. excitement. Absolutely, yeah. Super fun stuff. It's crazy. It is fun. It's just fun to have that new energy back, you know. Every new year is reset and you get to experience, they get to experience it like it's new again and then it's new for you again too, which is really fun. I love it. And each year is different, right? We know that too. Like you were talking about pruning and I think once you get the foundation of your game, it's, it's, it's wonderful to have that as that feeling of like, I got this and I know what the foundation is, but it's, it's really even more fun to have new students infuse your, infused into your game and let them you know, add elements of it because we, it's because the gamification allows you to build towards student needs too. And that's really exciting also. Yeah. I mean, like knowing your student, I'm building relationships with those students. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is so key. And it's something that gamification can really pull out of both you and them. There's mm-hmm. this like safe space that is the game mm-hmm. for the two of you to sort of geek out with. Yep. Um, and it, and it's freed from content. It's, so it's, I don't know. It's just really awesome, you know, to see students go to that space and geek out with me and then I can geek out with them, but maybe they're, maybe they're a low reader and like social studies is super hard for them. Mm-hmm. But like we get to build this relationship where we're both enthusiastic, excited in that safe space of the game. Mm-hmm. And from that, from that healthy, strong relationship, my game gets better, but so does their like social studies skills. And so does my knowledge of how to like push them and approach them. Like, I don't know. I just, I love it. (laughs) No, I agree. It's super, it's super powerful. And what it lets us, the relationship and the game give us permission to, to push students towards things that they would have never tried 
because under within the game it gives us permission to do new things and because the game allows it but then that relationship is so strong that they take new steps that they they never they, they never know they could do i mean i remember last year's group was the best they pushed my gamification skills higher than any and they were doing things that i never would have expected students that are two to three years below grade level to do. I mean, we did boss battles. I mean, we talked about it before. It was just, they'll, they'll blow your minds when we, when we push them the right way. And the game lets us do that because it gives us permission to, to do things that a teacher couldn't, you know, in terms of push, pushing our students because the game, because it's the game, but it's amazing to see what kids can do when we, um, I don't know, when there's a little bit of fun, a little bit of creativity and a, and a different expectation. It's really, it's really incredible stuff. Yeah. I mean, like I'm reminded <laughs> that story or that, that, you know, that, that idea reminds me this week with my 10 step process that they had to go through, which was, I mean, it was difficult. Um, a kid came up to me and said like, I, I don't quite know how to screenshot it. And of my directions, that was one of the easier ones. I mean, cause it's just a three keystroke thing where you just push these three buttons on a Mac mm-hmm. and then you kind of can select whatever you want to take a screenshot of. And I just said to him, you know, like, you are the Fortnite generation. Like, (laughs) you can memorize, like, a series of button commands. Like, how are you not able to... And he's like, well, I play on the Xbox. And I'm like, that's not, like, an acceptable answer. Because, like, an Xbox makes even less sense to me. Because it's like, there's Right. right one right two like plus your x y a b like it's even worse two joysticks you can do all of that but you can't hit three buttons on a keyboard (laughs) he's like he looks at me he's like i think i can figure this out and he goes and it was like a minute later it's a quiet study hall minute later he's like i did it (laughs) 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 he was so excited but I just think it's one of these things too. We need to encourage students to be like, just like a game. I mean, huh? you are excited to like unlock and figure something out in a game, but then you hit any level of resistance outside of a game and you almost have zero like desire or energy or, or confidence. I don't know what the right word is to use there, but like they don't have it. Um, so just, it was interesting when I framed it in like, you're able to do this in a game and my little joke with you made it sound more condescending. I was like much more like upbeat with him, you know, the, trying to encourage him that he can do this because right. there are so many button combinations in Fortnite and you figure them out. And I know you didn't really use your manual or whatever. Right. Um, and, you know, he was like, you're right. You know, so I think sometimes just reframing it can be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Carrie, we like we're already past the 30 minute mark. <laughs> Like, it's just, gosh, time. What? Gah. I need like, I need like a 10 hour session with you. Um, so we have a very quick re- reflection time. Okay. <laughs> Here we are. And this one is by unknown, which means you might've said it. This could be you. <laughs> it was not me. It could have been me. It could have been. It could have been you, the listener. This comes from our listeners. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> we don't know that. You can't say that for sure. That's true. This is supposed to be quick. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> You're the one doing all the talking this time. Sometimes change is what we need. 
Do you want to respond first? I will respond first. So I'm going to try to be short, but I don't know that this is going to be short. So <laughs> stop laughing because you're not helping. I remember when I finally decided to gamify my classroom. And I, it was almost from the moment that the first XP went out to my students and I saw their eyes. And I think I was in my, I don't know, 16th or 17th year of teaching and special education, which can be, it's a pretty long life as it is for a special education teacher. Um, but to think now I'm going into my 21st year and I, and I think that gamification was just what I needed to reinvigorate me, to re-challenge me, to re-allow me to bring out even more and greater things in my students. And sometimes the thing that we, just what we were looking for wasn't what we expected we needed, you know? That's a really good answer. Thank you. <laughs> uh, everyone just listen to Carrie's answer again because that was <laughs> really good. Uh, yeah, I don't, nope, not going to even try. This is one for the calendar. Michael silent. It's amazing. Speechless. <laughs> I just, that was really good. That like. Thank you. You really like encapsulated how all of gamification you, it wasn't even on your radar in terms of the change you needed. Uh, but the change it brought was just what you needed. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. Uh, Carrie, thank you once again for joining us and sharing with us your excitement, your experience with gamification. I, I always love having you on here and I know everyone else does too. Thank you. I, I always love being on here. And everybody else, thank you for joining us uh, as it truly is an honor every week that you dedicate some time, your commute, whatnot, your lawn mowing. I have no idea what, but I appreciate that you dedicate that time every week. Uh, I can see it in the analytics that each week it gets more and more of you are listening every week and it's just awesome. Thank you for those of you that have been passing Well Played's name on, on some tweets of, about podcasts when those questions come up. That it just always helps build the community. And if you ever want to post a comment or sort of give us some feedback, the Well Played Now are also videoed and put on YouTube. So you can just go to my YouTube channel, find the episode you want, and sort of comment there. I don't remember how long I've been doing that, but probably the last this 20. Season. Yeah, probably the last 20 episodes are that way. So you have quite, well, maybe not 20, because I'm at 74. I don't know. 24. Check it out. So, uh, everybody, thanks for listening. It's an honor. Until next week, see you later.